Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Husmo Black Forum. Here we do it bigger, we do it better, we do it longer, and out of necessity, we'll do it louder than anyone out here. So relax. Here's your host, Husmo Black. Good evening. Welcome to the High School Black Forum. It's Memorial Day weekend, y'all. May May twenty eighth. Welcome to the High School Black Forum. You got me High School driving this train this holiday weekend, as usual. You know our motto is to do it bigger, to do it better, to do it longer. Now the session sometimes we'll do it louder. And anybody out here on Blog Talk, y'all. We uh, just, uh, first of all, we want to pay our respects to uh, our fallen heroes on this Memorial Day weekend. I uh, for sure lost a lot of uh, my comrades back in the day when I was in the war. Can you imagine this is the fiftieth anniversary of uh my time in Vietnam this this year. Wow. How time flies when you're having fun as they say. It sure don't seem like uh it's been fifty years ago that uh I was running through uh the jungles of Vietnam trying to uh just trying to stay alive, yeah. Just trying to stay alive and I, this weekend is always uh down Ooh, 
Uh, yeah, this is this is crazy, crazy, crazy uh, a time. This political season uh, that we've got going. Now, whoever would have thought that Donald Trump? Your Facebook friends, y'all. Uh, uh, let me send my Facebook friends a little uh, promo. Let them know I'm out here. Uh, whoever would have thought that this time last year? Whoever would have thought Donald Trump? would uh, be the Republican nominee for the President of the United States, Donald Trump. You all know uh, Donald. I call him Donald McRonald. Whoever would have thought that this guy, who has absolutely no business being anywhere near the presidency of this country, the most powerfulest job in the world? <laughs> Come on, y'all. That lets you know something that's crazy about uh, where we're at as a, uh, as a country right now. When Donald Trump can, is the best that uh, the, Republican, the Republicans can put up. And, and they've talked about this guy... <laughs> They've called this guy everything but a child of God for the last year. And now all of them uh, somehow <laughs> want the American people to believe that they didn't mean nothing what they said about this character. Uh, he's the best thing since Cotton Candy. He's the best thing that they have to offer uh, this country. This is the best thing that the Republican Party have to offer this country. Donald Trump. Come on, I, I you know, I ain't I ain't buying that. I ain't buying that. No kind of way. If this guy is the best thing that we've got he's the best thing that the country has, come on. We we in trouble. We're in trouble. If Donald Trump <laughs> is the best thing that the Republican Party can come up with and offer and put out there as their standard bearer for president of this country. The Republican Party, first of all, they need to uh, 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 scrap that whole outfit. They need to scrap that whole outfit, y'all. If they can't, you're telling me that the Republican Party somehow believe that, (laughs) believe that, They somehow believe that Donald Trump is the best thing out of uh, that. I don't know how many members they got in that party, but they got damn near 30-something governors. (laughs) You're telling me that Donald Trump is the best candidate that the Republican Party can uh, uh, come up with (laughs) to run for the most powerfulest job in the world is Donald Trump. Uh, it's it's, it's mind boggling. It's mind boggling. Especially in this character has denigrated every every ethnic group in the world, not just this country in the whole world damn near. And <laughs> been called everything but a child of God himself by his fellow <laughs> 
uh, competitors, uh, the, all 20 of them that was running for office, uh, that started out that process on the Republican side, all of a sudden, all of them <laughs> is now <laughs> a kiss in his ring. <laughs> this is this is one of the craziest times that I've, I've ever seen in the country, yeah? politically. This is one of the craziest uh, things I've ever seen in my life. Oh, it's frightening, though. You, you, I'm talking about this guy's got a 50-50 chance of winning. Yeah, if you only got two candidates running, <laughs> that you know you got a 50-50 chance of being president. He's got a 50-50 chance of being president. <laughs> that is, that is so crazy. That is so crazy, y'all. Oh, yeah. That that thing there is crazy. This guy's got a 50-50 chance of being pres- becoming president of the United States uh, uh, with access to the nuclear codes, the biggest nuclear arsenal in the world. <laughs> is Donald Trump is in charge of it? Come on. Come on. That's enough. To, that should be enough to... Uh, uh, <laughs> Keep every citizen in this country uh, up at night. <laughs> that should be enough to scare the hell out of any kind of uh, reasonable thinking American. <laughs> I'm sorry, that should scare the hell out of any kind of rational uh, thinking person in this country. Those uh, uh, who's got a vote here in that November. They, that, that is, is crazy, y'all. If this guy get into the office, I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, the world's going to be in a dangerous, dangerous place if don't get to be president, y'all. The world, not just this country, the world is going to be in a really precarious uh, a position. <laughs> Uh, wow. I, uh, mm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, they tell me that uh, he's there because the citizens are mad. <laughs> Apparently they mad at, uh, 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 well, the Republicans are mad. Apparently they mad at uh, uh, the scoundrels that they got up there in Congress and uh, the Republican office holders. If they pick somebody like this character here over all other Republicans who just became a Republican, not even sure if he's that yet. <laughs> no one's really sure whether Donald Trump is a Republican or what. I don't know. I can't. I, you know, I don't, I, I'm not sure what he is. He's closer to. Uh, 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 if I had uh, to compare him with uh, some world figure, it'd probably be uh, a Stalin. He's probably closer to Stalin or somebody than he is a, a Republican or a Democrat or a socialist. <laughs> He's not a socialist. Uh-uh. Oh, no. He, uh, he craves uh, a power too much, so he, he's not a socialist. 
you can't you can't fit them into uh, 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 the Democrat or the Republican Party. No, you can't fit him. You can't fit him there. He's the closest thing to Stalin, or uh, uh, I won't say Hitler. I I won't say Hitler. I, you know I. The Peter, the Peter guy said, "Why won't you?" I, I I ain't going there. I ain't gonna compare nobody to Hitler. Uh, egotistical maniac. Well, he, he got some of those traits. He he definitely possessed some of those traits, but I won't I won't put him uh, I won't put him there with Hitler. Stalin. That's the closest uh, figure uh, that I can think of that, you know, he's not a Democrat, he's not a Republican, not a Socialist. What is he? Got a free call in, y'all, 1-888-588-3814. Free call in to the Hushville Black Forum. We, uh... Uh, you know, it, this 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 thing is just uh, it's so crazy. And then you got Bernie Sanders. And I was a big Bernie fan when it started out. I, Bernie wasn't my guy, but now I'm not. Bernie appeared uh, to me to be uh, uh, has turned angry as this thing has drawn out. Now you know I don't know what kind of. Pressures he's been under. I know running for president, that's, that's got to be a stressful ordeal. And it seemed like to me uh, uh, he's been running upstream uh, the whole while. Been making some progress. He won uh, quite a few primaries, you know, and got. But yet, and still, he's been running upstream. And I think that that whole ordeal has really uh, took a toll on Bernie Sanders. The avowed socialist, democratic socialist, whatever that is. I I haven't uh, haven't figured that out yet. What's a democratic socialist? I I don't know. But uh, I heard uh, the mayor of Philadelphia, the former mayor, Mayor Nutter, uh, the last mayor of Philadelphia, he... he, uh, Offered his critique of Bernie, and uh, it wouldn't. I don't know. He said that uh, Bernie had has no uh, right to uh, to uh, run for president under the Democratic t- ticket, and then want to change the whole platform, want to run the whole Democratic Party, want to fire uh, Debbie Washington's Schultz, the DNC chairman, who's been a Democrat all her life, and Bernie ain't never been a Democrat, <laughs> and he want to run for president on, on the Democratic platform and come in and change everything uh, in the party and run the party. He want to help choose Hillary Clinton's cabinet <laughs> when he lose. 
Now, some of that is uh, uh, going too far in my mind. Some of that is a little off the. Uh, that, that's a little off the. Uh, that's going too far in my mind. You know, if you you've never been a Democrat, you've been an independent in Congress for the last thirty years or whatever. And all of a sudden, you want to run on, on the Democratic Party because there's no socialist party to run on. And why? <laughs> and come in and, and, shake, and take over the party as you lose. Now that 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 takes some that takes a little nerve. <laughs> now, obviously, Bernie has tapped into a lot of. Uh, Progressives, but they couldn't be that as mad as those folks over there on that Republican side. Progressives are always looking uh, to do. Uh, 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 are normally, when you think of progressives, they are to the left of uh, the Democratic uh, uh, president. They're not uh, uh, angry at President Obama. They want more of. Uh, President Obama's uh, uh, agenda. They want more of it, the progressives. So, you know, I... (laughs) I I appreciate Bernie bringing in a lot more folks into the Democratic Party, if that in case turned out to be true. Uh, But when it comes to uh, just changing and taking over uh the party, I mean, as you lose is I don't I don't see that. I don't see how that can possibly work. Uh you've lost uh <laughs> the election yet uh you've got all want all this control. I, now I can see where uh you might have some effect on the, the Democratic platform coming out of the convention. Uh but in terms of uh, choosing cabinet members and all that stuff, oh no, that's it, it, never happened before. Why should it happen now? Uh uh-uh. uh The loser cannot be choosing the president of the United States cabinet members, if that was even a true, uh, a true uh, aspiration of uh, Bernie Sanders. That somebody put it out there. And that was one of the things that he had an interest in doing <laughs> at the convention uh, was somehow choosing Hillary Clinton's help, choosing Hillary Clinton's uh, cabinet. Nah, I'm not for that. And I ain't got nothing against Bernie Sanders. I mean, I don't. Uh, that's that's taking it a step too far. So I, in the end, I believe it's going to be Donald Trump and uh, Hillary Clinton, and and <laughs> you know it's just amazing that that guy is so close, so close to that uh, presidency, Donald Trump. He's got to be. Try to look at 
you know, read up on the past 44 presidents, including uh, President Obama, and try to see where where Donald Trump ranks as a as among them, and he. I, you know, I couldn't find one to compare him with because Donald don't have any idea about uh, of what he want to do uh, in terms of uh, running the country. The, the closest I thought of and my worst president ever is uh, Andrew Johnson, the Confederate that took over for Abraham Lincoln after Abraham Lincoln was killed. The Confederate that assumed the office of president when Lincoln was assassinated back in 1865, uh, Andrew Johnson. I got him listed right at the top of the worst president that the country's ever had. By, and by a long shot. And nobody else is even close to this uh, guy right here now, Andrew Johnson. Uh, you know you know his story, a brief uh, uh, history of it. He came in uh, and, uh, when April, what, 15th? Uh, of 1865, Congress was on recess. This is closing the Civil War, closing down here. Just that, you know, closing down, but still a lot of work to do because Reconstruction has to uh, take place when he took office. Reconstruction has to take place. Now somehow you got to put the country back together after 600,000 people died in that Civil War. That chore was left up to one uh, President Andrew Johnson who had been forced into uh, unexpectedly into uh, into office at uh, after Abraham Lincoln had been assassinated. He Andrew Johnson was a Confederate from uh, Tennessee, Confederate sympathizer. I don't know how he got to be vice president in the first place, but it was some kind of compromise. Uh, how you got on uh, Abraham Lincoln's uh, ticket as a vice president. But anyway, be that as it may, he wound up being president. Now, here you got a, a Confederate in charge of <laughs> bringing the South back into the Union after the Civil War. Of course, in this guy's effect, he was his effect on the country still to this day is uh, a felt. First of all, they gave the South just about everything they want, wanted uh, in terms of uh, 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 handling their uh, 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 business when it comes to dealing with the ex-slaves. Andrew Johnson, although the South had to approve uh, uh, the 13th, 14th uh, Amendment to get back into the Union, Andrew Johnson let them back in, but he allowed them to uh, come in at their own, uh, uh, under their own terms when it comes to dealing with uh, the ex-slaves. He allowed them to uh, uh, come in under this separate equal uh, a, a law 
actual laws that uh, the South uh, put in place to deal with the segregating and keeping uh, the blacks out of white society. They came up with this separate equal thing. Everything was supposed to be separated because they weren't about to have uh, blacks going to school with whites, little kids. <laughs> so they uh, came up with this separate equal, uh, these the separate equal uh, uh, doctrines. Uh, that thing devastated the, the ex slaves. That kept them uh, in quasi quasi slavery for the next hundred years. That's what it did. It kept them in slavery for the next hundred years. The separate equal thing that was codified in the National Law in 1896 with the uh, Plessy versus uh, Ferguson case. Y'all read it up on it. But anyway, that that thing, uh, uh, Andrew uh, Johnson, uh, uh, okay, now, I told you that uh, Congress was on recess when he took office. They didn't come back into recess until that December of 1865. Now, Andrew Johnson is there uh, 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 orchestrating uh, orchestrating Reconstruction and, and uh, how it is uh, that uh, the states would, the Confederate states who had, uh, uh, who had uh, withdrawn from the uh, Union, how it is that they uh, could come back into the uh, uh, union. Uh, the Congress had set aside uh, uh, some guidelines uh, uh, in the, uh, that they had to uh, pass uh, when they write up their new constitution. One of the things, they lost uh, some of their state rights. Oh, yeah, you hear uh, uh, everybody clamor about uh, states' rights and the Tenth Amendment and all that stuff. That Constitution got amended in a big, big way that curtailed a lot of uh, the southern states' rights when they uh, seceded from the Union. They could no longer, first of all, they had to free the slaves. They had to come in under the 13th Amendment, which eliminated slavery, by the way. It's the 13th Amendment. The 14th Amendment, equal protection for all American citizens regardless of their uh, uh, past uh, status, whether they were slaves or not, the 14th Amendment protects all Americans or supposed to equally. The South got President Johnson to allow them to come in under that 14th Amendment, but to include in their state constitution as they was rewriting them to conform uh, to... uh, the uh, federal constitution, the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments eventually, uh, they got uh, Andrew Johnson uh, uh, to allow them to uh, stipulate that, well, to uh, allow uh, 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 them to enforce uh, segregation through this separate equal a thing that they uh, put in place uh, in, within the society, within the workplace, within everything, uh, dealing with the uh, 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 acclamation of the free blacks into white society. The four, uh, four uh, and a half, near five million blacks who have been freed. 
they were not allowed to assimilate into white uh, society equally, like most uh, minorities or uh, that come to uh, to this country after uh, 1775. After that Civil War, blacks still was that they were not allowed to uh, 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 assimilate into uh, uh, American society equally, uh, like uh, they should have been. Uh, starting with the Southern Homestead Act uh, was the most devastating uh, um, uh, consequences of this. Uh, the separate equal laws was the denial, the denial of some 46 million acres of land that was set aside in the Southern Homestead Act of 1866. The Southern Homestead Act of 1866 set aside. 46 million acres of property in five southern states, Alabama, Mississippi, Arkansas, Louisiana, and Florida. Set aside 46 million of federally owned land. Not the former uh, uh, plantation owner's land, but federally owned land. Uh, that Southern Homestead Act of 1866 set aside 46 million acres of land with the intent of providing the newly freed 4.5 million ex-slaves access to um, real estate, access to land that they could live on, work, and, uh, you know, have some some foothold into uh, economically into uh, a white society. That you know that thing was, you know that that forty six million acres had ex uh, slaves been allowed to acquire that land uh, would have did wonders for this country, y'all. Not just the blacks, but the whole society. It will it would have done wonders. Uh, but of course, the whites—they rebelled. The southern whites, especially, they rebelled against that thing. They—they they weren't going to have uh, these blacks, these ex-slaves, uh, uh, they weren't going to allow them to have access to that 46 million acres because they knew that uh, uh, the labor uh, practices that they kept in place. For those hundred years after the Civil War, uh, it wouldn't have been possible. The sharecropping and all the schemes and dreams that they put forth uh, uh, from 1865 until really 1954 when Brown got rid of all the separate equal junk, uh, they would have been without uh, a... the clout to uh, manipulate the slaves to work for them near nothing for the next, for the hundred years after the Civil War, uh, and keep them at the bottom of the economic totem pole here in this country. Uh, there's all, a lot go into what happened to that 46 million acres uh, that was set aside to the Southern Homestead Act. Uh, one of the things that didn't happen that land didn't get distributed to other uh, ex blacks. Now some three million acres out of the 46 million was distributed by most. Most of that land went to poor white people. Most of that three million acres that was distributed went to poor white people. Now some blacks, a few blacks, did get 
uh, uh, some of uh, the three million acres, but nowhere near uh, uh, the percentage of black. Well, forty-three million in eighteen seventy-six, they repealed it. The southern politicians uh, bitched and moaned and uh, protested and put up roadblock after roadblock uh, uh, to deny. Uh, the ex-slaves access to that land. And in 1876, they finally got enough support with the northern politicians in Congress to repeal that law. 43 million acres out of the 46 was returned, undistributed, was returned to the federal government in 1876. The repeal of the Southern Homestead Act it devastated us my people, uh, my ancestors here in this country devastated uh, them. Uh, Some of of the uh, uh, dynamics that, you know, uh, that played uh, into that thing, first of all, about 85 to 90 percent of the slaves was illiterate after the Civil War because they had been denied uh, an education. They had been denied an education. They couldn't read or write. 85, uh, upwards of 85 to 90% of them couldn't read or write. So that put them at a, a, a ex- serious disadvantage when it comes to advocating uh, their rights uh, to get that land. See, all I'm doing, you know, my whole argument on reparations centers on that 46 million acres that uh, was set aside in that Southern Homestead Act. That is the centerpiece of my argument for reparations for Americans of African descent. Not slavery, but that 46 million acres of property that was denied in large part because of the Sanford Equal and the governments of the state of, uh, 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 of the southern states here denied blacks access to that land. Yeah, denied. Uh, it's it a lot to it, y'all. Read my book, Racism and Hate in American Reality. I got a whole chapter uh, in that book about the Southern Homestead Act and my uh, advocacy for reparations. I got a whole chapter on it. Go read it. It'll give you a little better. Uh, Understanding of what transpired uh, with that Southern Homestead Act, the state on the books for ten years, from 1866 to 1876, when they got rid of the Freedmen's Bureau, which was set up by the way to help the slaves, the ex-slaves, assimilate into society, help them set up educational systems, schools, and so forth, and it was to assist them in acquiring access to that uh, 46 million acres. They repealed uh, uh, the Freedmen's Bureau along with every, uh, the Southern Homestead Act, uh, uh, too. Right after the Reconstruction, I think the Southern Homestead, uh, the uh, Freedmen's Bureau uh, went by the way the wayside, I believe, in 1872. I believe they, they had done away with that thing about four years before uh, they did away with the Southern Homestead Act. So, you know, those kinds of uh, discrimination and racism after the Civil War was over, 
that is my uh, 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 beef uh, or my advocacy for uh, reparations because the state, when the 14th Amendment was supposedly protecting uh, uh, my people's rights, uh, the government uh, denied them that right, denied them the protection of the 14th Amendment for 100 years. Yeah, that's what, you know, Brown was about, overturning it. Then we had to go through the Civil Rights Movement and all that crap to, you know, get uh, uh, even the the so-called integration of the schools <clears throat> brought about in this affirmative action scheme that they put in place. Yeah, y'all, y'all bone up on that Southern Homestead Act. That is critical uh, to uh, my uh, argument for reparations. And a lot of a lot of Americans are acting since don't have a real good understanding of how important it was, or know anything about it, know very little about it uh, altogether. There's all kinds of uh, <clears throat> groups out there that advocated for reparations for 200 years. Most of it deal with the enslavement of uh, uh, my ancestors, uh, uh, enslavement of the Africans. Which you know, I don't have. You know, I'm for anybody who uh, uh, advocate for reparations. I myself personally just uh, um, go at it in my uh, 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 in my way, uh, starting after 1865 uh, with the. Uh, 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 violations of the 14th Amendment uh, 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 rights that uh, every American citizen uh, sh- uh, should have uh, should have uh, at their disposal. That didn't happen. It didn't happen. And, and that is a real legal argument in my mind because it uh, 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 denied us economically. Now, uh, that Fourteenth uh, uh, Amendment uh, violations didn't, didn't just uh, 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 prevent us from integrating schools; it uh, denied us equal access in the uh, workplace, also. Yeah, which is uh, critical. Hey, uh, we're gonna take a quick. Calls for the calls is about uh, we've got a call we've got a caller on uh, let's see four four nine two we got a caller we're gonna try to get in here we're gonna take a break call it hold in there we'll get to you uh, let's take a pause for the calls here we'll be right back y'all hanging there you got me Hushmo advocated on your behalf you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum tell your friends about us Saturdays seven p.m. to ten p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
Hey, welcome. Welcome back to the Hustle Platform, y'all. We, uh, yeah, it's May 28th, May 28th, 2016. Hey, it's Memorial Day weekend. We just, uh, we're a veteran. We're a Vietnam veteran. This this holiday, uh, uh, always, uh, always, uh, uh, have me, uh, in, in kind of a, uh, uh, uh reflecting mood uh, uh reflecting back to my uh days in in uh combat and, and the likes and uh so many of my friends was uh lost in Vietnam uh that uh I always try to pay a respect uh to them on this uh, on this weekend this holiday weekend memorial day that's what memorial day is for it is to honor uh the dead uh, soldiers and uh, uh, the men and women who gave their life uh, in defense of this country and uh, a lot of America's African descent uh, is among those that uh, did just that. Uh, America's African descent has fought in every war since uh, the uh, Revolutionary War. Every war the country's ever fought, uh, they've been a part of uh, of those wars. Uh, fighting for uh, uh, the freedom that uh, that the citizens uh, uh, here uh, enjoy in this country, and uh, I, you know, I, I, I uh, just once again want to pay my respects uh, to those. Hey, we've got a great show uh, this evening. We're all over the place. What we do, we advocate for social justice out here on the Hushmo Black Forum. Uh, 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 on behalf of Americans of African descent, not, not because we don't love everybody now. We're going to let you know we love everybody, uh, but we are a part of uh, that community. And by extension, find ourselves advocating on their behalf, and Lord knows we need all the advocacy we can get with uh, the way things are going. I was saying before the break, uh had a, li- a listener online that was trying to uh, let him know what we do out here on the Hushbow Black Forum. We uh, uh, make social commentary uh, on um, events uh, uh, affecting uh, the black community. And then, as I was telling him, that's just about everything that go on, everything that go on in this country affects us. And a lot of what goes on in the world has uh, have some kind of impact on our community. So, you know, uh, to say that we uh, make a, a social commentary on uh, things and events that affect our community, that's just about everything. So we talk about everything. The president, President Obama, is on his way back from Hiroshima. I was in Japan, the first American president to ever visit that uh, that city. Hiroshima and uh, Nagasaki, y'all familiar with those uh, place, places uh, in, in your history book? Hiroshima was the first place that, uh, and well, Japan is the only place that a nuclear bomb has ever, or atomic bomb back then, has ever been dropped. And we, the United States, the only country has ever used one. But that thing was devastated that, that country. I mean, people are still dying today from the effects of uh, the radiation that uh, was dropped on uh, that country back in uh, 1945 to uh, 
under uh, President Truman uh, uh, gave the order to drop the atomic bomb uh, history record uh, that event as uh, being uh, instrumental in uh, ending World War II. That killed some 100,000 people right then, back then. But then over uh, the last uh, 70 years since then, uh, over 300,000 people have died as a result of the contamination, uh, the nuclear contamination that uh, uh, that uh, uh, went on. So yeah, and the president, President Obama, first president to ever uh, go there uh, since then, and uh, it was a historical event uh, uh, that uh, that uh, was quite uh, quite uh, monumental. Uh, if you think of it, I mean, Japan, we were staunch enemies uh, back then, uh, and now I was one of our uh, biggest allies. Japan's one of our biggest allies. Japan don't have a standing military today, uh, in part because of the devastation of uh, uh, World War II and uh, the effects that... Uh, the nuclear bombs, the two nuclear bombs that were dropped on them, uh, had. Uh, they haven't raised the military since. Uh, now they lean on us for their protection, and uh, it's just amazing how things has uh, has turned around. Uh, where Russia in World War Two, we was fighting uh, as allies with Russia against Hitler. Uh, now, <laughs> and, and Japan, we was fighting against Japan. Uh, but now, uh, after the World War II was over, you know, uh, we had some stark differences with uh, Russia. Uh, so that was a crazy, crazy war, y'all. World War II was trying to uh, keep up with who was on whose side and all that craziness. Well, you know, uh, Hitler, he uh, captured half of Europe and was trying to get Russia, but uh, thanks to uh, the United States and uh That uh, he was uh, uh, Hitler was defeated uh, in World War Two, but killed a lot of people uh, before <laughs> Hitler killed a lot of folks before uh, he was done. Uh, but uh, yeah, so now Russia is one of our uh, biggest adversaries, and Japan is one of our closest allies. How that thing has has twisted around there, yeah. <laughs> It has come full circle. Uh, and that bring me back. Bring me back to. Uh, I was talking about uh, the, the Southern Homestead Act uh, before I got off. Uh, went on break there. It was just uh, trying to uh, let the audience know how important that thing was uh, to uh, the four and a half million uh, uh, slaves who was uh, emancipated after that uh, Civil War. Uh, and talking about how things has changed uh, in the country from a political standpoint. Remember that uh, Lincoln was a Republican. Abraham Lincoln was a Republican. was the Republicans who was uh, 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 in charge of uh, uh, the Union Army back then, and they uh, is the party that... Uh, is uh, 
is uh, credited with uh, freeing uh, uh, the blacks, the Republican Party. Lincoln was the first Republican president. Uh, the Republican Party, I think, came about as a result of the Whigs or whatever disbanding in like 1854. And then Lincoln was the first uh, candidate to run for president under the Republican Party uh, 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 thing there in 1850, uh, 1850 uh, Dan or whatever it was that he ran and won uh, back then. Uh, Running against uh, uh, the Democrat, the Democrats, and uh, so Lincoln was a uh, 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 Republican president. The Republican Party is the one set up that uh, Homestead Act. The Republican Party and Congress did that, uh, setting aside 46 million acres, and it's been estimated by uh, uh, folks who look at that. And uh, uh, they have determined that had blacks been allowed to uh, uh, access that land, that uh, some of the land, what all the land, uh, some of the land couldn't be, uh, 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 some of it was land that you uh, couldn't uh, clear out and work on. Uh, but they was, uh, it's been estimated that out of the 46 million acres, 30 million acres uh, could have been cleared and Folks could have lived on it, raised farms or whatever, uh, on uh, about 36 million. They estimate that two and a half million blacks could have uh, uh, moved on to that land. Two and a half million on the 30 million acres have they, you know, been allowed to uh, uh, get it. Uh, and uh, that would have did so much uh, for. Uh, the newly freed uh, American citizens, uh, uh, that would have did so much for them in terms of uh, allowing them to uh, assimilate into this new uh, white society uh, back then. That would have did so much uh, uh, for them. I mean, they would have had their own property, their own real estate, their own foothold into uh, the society with property because Leading up to that war, Abraham Lincoln, uh, prior to and during the Civil War, had had all these meetings with the abolitionists uh, uh, and uh, the like, including Frederick Douglass, trying to figure out how the society would look in the event that the Union won the war and some four and a half, five million slaves were set free. How would that thing look? What uh, uh, was it, uh, what was going to happen to those uh uh, uh, new uh, free uh, citizens uh, were they to be shipped out, shipped back to Africa somewhere, uh, or uh, some other place? Of uh, 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 what? What was it going to take to keep them here to assimilate them into a white society as free people? Uh, so those talks was going on. One of the things, if you look at Frederick Douglass' history, one of the things Frederick Douglass told uh, Abraham Lincoln that uh, uh, after the war was over, those people would need, the newly freed blacks, would need three things. They would need an education. They would need access to real estate, somewhere to live, plow, uh, farm, or whatever, back uh, uh, on uh, 
education, real estate, and a minimum amount of capital, some amount of capital. They didn't have no money. They didn't have a red nickel when they were freed. Now they had to work all kinds of money uh, before they, while they were slaves. They, uh, you know, when when the the South had them designated as property, they were the most valuable piece of property in the South. They were more valuable than the land itself, than the land or gold. The slave was more valuable than land or gold prior to that Civil War. Just think of it. All the slave owners, they use uh, their slaves, their property, as they as they uh, had them designated as property. They took them to the bank to borrow money on to run they to run their uh, plantation. They every year they take go to the bank and they had deeds. To, uh, each slave had a damn deed, <laughs> more or less. Yeah, they could take that deed. <laughs> To the bank and borrow money. You got five or six hundred slaves. You take them. Don't worth more than uh, 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 land or gold, yo. The slaves was the five hundred thousand slaves here in the state of Georgia had a value. This is eighteen sixty. The uh, state records of Georgia show that in eighteen sixty, the five hundred thousand slaves in Georgia had a $315 million value to the state. That is what the state of Georgia collected uh, uh, taxes on. They taxed them. Them. <laughs> the plantation owners <laughs> for that. Hey, nice property, you know, property tax. Absolutely. Those 500,000 slaves had a $315 million uh, 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 value to just just to the state now. They to the slave owners. They, you know, they work all kinds of money to them. You know. Uh, now, if you want a further breakdown of what the value of the slaves was, and everybody, uh, first thing they ask, uh, well, how much reparations uh, are we owed? <laughs> how much? If you say we're uh, <laughs> uh, owed reparations, how much should that be? Uh, I went back and figured it out. <laughs> I went back and figured it out, y'all. Get my book. It's, you know, I can, I can tell you right now, of the 500,000 uh, slaves in Georgia had a value of about $600 uh, each. That was the average. Now, some of them were $2,000 or more they could be sold for. Uh, but the average of the 500,000 was about $600 per. That's to the slave owners. The state of Georgia uh, uh, placed another value on it because they taxed them just like property. So if you, if you start there, uh, you uh, can come up with a, a number of what the slave was worth before the Civil War uh, uh, was fought. And then you could, uh, uh, from that, you can deduce, uh, uh, if you just, uh, it's a simple math thing, too, just to look at, uh, uh, carry that. A value up until 1954 when Brown overturned uh, Plessy, you can have a pretty good idea, an idea figured out, read down, uh, a, a pretty good estimate. Now, yeah, we got to estimate this thing, but it's pretty simple to uh, take in consideration inflation and all that stuff. 
but uh, uh, it was around $10 million per person for the 12 million blacks that was alive or, uh, in 1954. All those folks were affected by that separate equal, which is the basis of my argument. The separate equal took away 14th Amendment protections. The separate equal laws here in the South and indeed in the whole country after 1896, when Plessy versus Ferguson uh, went down in 1896, what that did, that wasn't just about separating Homer Plessy off of uh, some trains. What that did was they pulled Homer Plessy off that train down there in Louisiana and locked him up in that jail by himself. That, in effect, separated all Americans of African descent out of white society and made it national law, made it national law uh, 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 that blacks would be separated and could be separated. Now, could be separated. A lot of the northern states uh, had integrated schools and this, that, and the other. Uh, so they didn't, you know, wasn't no... Uh, uh, thing that they uh, uh, had to separate them out of society, but they could if they uh, so chose to. So the South uh, had all these several equal laws uh, that were, uh, you couldn't even buy real estate here in Georgia if someone decided to uh, uh, put a a clause on their property saying that uh, uh, that property could not be sold to anyone of African descent couldn't do it. You could not buy that property. You could put a, a, a thing like that on your property. Uh, so it's just so crazy, y'all. Read my book, uh, Racism and Hate, an American Reality. Uh, Racism and Hate, an American Reality is the name of my latest book. And in that book, uh, I kind of uh, chronicle all of uh, uh, the craziness that the separate equal laws, uh, uh, what they were really about. It was it was a lot more than just school integration. That was just a small, small, small part of it, although a big part of it in terms of uh, uh, allowing blacks to receive equal education uh, and the like. But uh, the most devastating part of the separate equal laws, it forbid uh, uh, forbid us from accessing that 46 million acres of property. They did that in a number of ways. Uh, uh, one of uh, uh, the ways it uh, did it, uh, it prevented uh, blacks from moving from county to county, from state to state, because a lot of them got tied into these sharecropping uh, laws, well, sharecropping contracts. After the Civil War, the slaves were looking for work and they would uh, uh, enter into these sharecropping uh, contracts, illegally ban uh, them uh, 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 for sometime up to two years, but mostly just a year, uh, 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 for their service. They couldn't leave. They couldn't leave. Uh, 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 they would be in contempt of uh, uh, or, uh, uh, a court, yeah, because they had a contract, and they couldn't leave until that contract was honored. And so all kind of shenanigans like that, uh, uh uh, uh, went into play and uh, denying them uh, uh, access to that 46 million acres. And then again, like I said, uh, 85 to 90% of the blacks was illiterate. They didn't know their legal rights uh, for about the first 10 to 15 years after that Civil War. They had to be educated up to even understand a contract. Uh, they had to be educated up to even understand 
uh, a contract and how do you go about uh, 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 protecting your rights uh, under the 14th Amendment uh, and all that stuff. It took some time to do that. And these people here, uh, the slave, uh, former slave master, wasn't uh, about to educate you on how to uh, 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 exercise your right your, under some uh, 14th Amendment because it did too much, uh, it harmed them too much. Uh, but anyway, read my book. It, 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 it's a great read for uh, you know these times. It's my second book. My first book is uh, The Water Boy, The Life and Trials of Jimmy C. Cameron. You can find both of them on my website, hushmoblack.com. Hushmoblack.com. Just like it sounds, y'all. H-U-S-H-M-O-B-L-A-C-K.com. Hushmoblack.com. Go to that website. You can follow us there. Uh, from there, you can go to uh, my web page, my Facebook page, rather, and uh, follow us there. But my books can be purchased uh, right there from my from my website or any other place that fan books are sold, Amazon.com. Uh, the Water Boy, The Life and Trials of Jimmy C. Cameron. Uh, and then uh, uh, there are... Racism and Hate in American Reality, uh, my second book. It, uh, both of those books got uh, chapters in it about reparations and my, my uh, argument for uh, reparations. I'll, I'll never write a book, and I'm working on my third book now. I'm collecting data for my third book now. Uh, but I'll never write a book uh, without having at least one chapter in there dealing with uh, reparations. I am a stunt. Uh, advocate for reparations because we were seriously injured uh, by the separate equal laws that uh, denied American Rackerness uh, their uh, uh, protections under the 14th Amendment uh, up until 1954. I cut it off in 1954, but it didn't end there. It didn't end there because remember, uh, all Brown did was uh, satisfy some of the uh, the civil uh, aspects of uh, the separate equal junk by integrating the schools. It did very little uh, to correct uh, the, uh, the discrimination that went on in the workplace. And the separate equal allowed, uh, again, here in the Georgia, the state where I was born, I was born here in Georgia in 1945, uh, 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 the separate equal law separated uh, blacks out of uh, uh, the white collar jobs. Can you imagine that? Now, here's Coca-Cola. <laughs> you know, they got all kind of white collar jobs there, but you can't have blacks working in the office with uh, uh, white people, white ladies. You're going to put somebody in there talking about, uh, <laughs> and they got a separate equal junction. And, oh, yeah, you can separate. We got to provide them equal this or equal that. I'm going to provide you a job. You ain't getting equal pay. But I'm going to provide you a job because Cola did. They had a bunch of blacks working with them out on the docks. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy, y'all. <laughs> it's crazy. But uh, in, uh, in serious, uh, 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 how, uh, how it hampered our economic and uh, 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 progression uh, in this country. Uh, starting, like I said, that uh, Southern Homestead Act. Y'all check that out. Southern Homestead Act of 1866. 
uh, how and just follow that thing. If you, if you really want to uh, just look at some craziness, uh, there was two homestead acts uh, enacted under Abraham Lincoln. The first one was 1862. That's so uh, that homestead act. Not so the homestead act of 1862 had uh, to do with setting aside over 200 million acres of land in the Western territories, Oklahoma, Arizona, Utah, and all that stuff out there, out West. They was, remember, there was a, uh, populating, uh, everything West of the Mississippi before you got to California, uh, during that time there. And one of the ways to give the settlers who was moving West a property was in the, uh, Homestead Act of 1862. Those people got that land. That land was never, that thing was never repealed. Let's stayed on the books until 1930, until the 1930s sometime. They distributed over 200 million acres under that thing. White, mostly white settlers, some black uh, who moved west. Out in Oklahoma got some of that land. A small part of it, but blacks did get a hold of some of that land. Uh, over 200 million acres of that land was distributed under the Homestead Act of 1862. But because the primary reason for that Homestead Act of 1866, the Southern Homestead Act, was to provide land or access to land to blacks, uh, they repealed it <laughs> and, turned, and turned 43 million acres back into the federal government. Now, I said that... Uh, of the three million that was uh, distributed, uh, most of the three million went to uh, uh, white folks. Because white folks, after the first six months, had poor white folks who didn't fight in the Civil War had access to that land too. But the first six months, that land was dedicated solely for uh, the slaves. Then the Freeman's Bureau was set up to uh, help them access that land, but that, they put up roadblocks. They stopped that. Uh, the, the forty-three acres, by the way, if Follow uh, what happened to that land over history. Uh, the Northern Industrials came down and scooped all that land up, including uh, companies like uh, Georgia Pacific and uh, a lot of the, uh, you know they came down and uh, uh, got that land and cleared the land of all the trees and so made billions of dollars off the dirt timber and stuff off that land, which the blacks could have did the same thing. They made billions of dollars off that land over the years. Yeah. It's just a crazy story, y'all. If y'all don't know anything about it, check it out. The Southern Homestead Act. Uh, Michael L. Lanza uh, did a great book on it. Uh, did a great book on the Southern Homestead Act. Uh, Michael L. Lanza. Lanza. Uh, hey, y'all. We're going to take another quick pause for the calls here. It's about, uh, wow, time's getting away from us. It's about... Uh, 14 minutes after 8 here. We'll be right back. Y'all hang in there. You got me in the hush, but we'll be back. We're going to take a, a quick pause for the calls and try to pay some bills around here. Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
Welcome back to Welcome back to the Hushbell Black Four. You got me Hushbell driving this train this evening. Welcome back to the show. Uh usual weekend. I you know, I don't know, it got up to uh what, eighty five today in ATL? Just a beautiful weekend. All kinds of things is going on here in the, the ATL this holiday weekend. And it's funny, um I don't know, I, I bet for the last fifteen years or so, this this may be the only weekend, Memorial Day weekend, that I've actually stayed in the city. Uh about the last fifteen years we used to always go out of town uh on this holiday. Uh had a group of friends that uh we used to uh uh get together on Memorial Day. Uh down in Pan Mountain, Georgia. I don't, I don't know if you all probably don't know anything about Pan Mountain. It's pretty close to Warm Springs, or it's down uh, where my folks are from, uh, close to Lagrange, Georgia, Callaway Gardens. Some some of you folks from Georgia might be uh, familiar with some of those places. But uh, we we used to go down there every every Memorial Day weekend, and. Uh, Really, really enjoyed that. Uh, last year was the last year of it, uh, and uh, well, the group that we used to go with, they kind of a lot of them got old, and uh, the group kind of just uh, didn't disband. But the, uh, they uh, that was the last year of uh, them going to uh, Pan Mountain for Memorial Day, and they did that for about twenty years straight. Uh, we we just we didn't go all twenty years, but uh, here I bet over the last fifteen years we uh, made that journey with them, and uh, really enjoyed uh, being uh, uh, that outing. Uh, uh, the Fun Bunch was the name of the social uh, club that uh, put on that uh, that uh, extravaganza. Facebook friends, what's up? How y'all doing? I haven't heard anything from my Facebook friends this evening. They've been kind of quiet. Everybody's out and about. Uh, like I said, they got all kind. Of, I, I, I see where they had this Caribbean uh, uh, parade. I, I guess it's somewhere in uh, Decatur or DeKalb County. They had a par- uh, Caribbean uh, parade uh, 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 today. Uh, a lot of uh, Caribbean uh, being. Uh, Folks live around here, and they had a big. Uh, it sounded like they was having a lot of fun. It was on uh, on one of the radio stations I was listening to, and uh, it sounded like they was having a lot of fun. I said, uh, if that thing's still going on tomorrow, I might get out for a few a few minutes to uh, check it out. Some of the venues that they have set up looked like they was having a good time today. Uh, the Caribbean folks eating jerk uh, jerk uh, chicken and uh, the like. <laughs> What else they uh, goat beef? <laughs> Somebody feel like there. So you better watch what you eat. They uh, they serve up a lot of goat. Hey, goat beef ain't bad. I, ooh, anybody anybody know? I I taste the goat beef. I mean, I you know. But yeah, <laughs> the peanut gallery they, they kind of high uh, polluting y'all. The only thing they used to eat is pig <laughs> pig feet. <laughs> hey, it was a pig feet and. Uh, 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 ribs. <laughs> they don't want to eat no 
fish with the whole head. <laughs> so I said, they serve the fish with the head. So hey, you can eat fish with the head, but no, you ain't got to eat the head. I mean, some people cook fish like that, the whole fish. I mean, some of the finest restaurants in Paris uh, uh, serve fish, uh, uh, the whole fish, head and all. So they'll come out and clean it off the bone. <laughs> but, yeah, there's all kind of ways to prepare uh, different foods. <laughs> Y'all, my peanut gallery ain't got no class, y'all. <laughs> they don't have any class at all. <laughs> they pretend they do. <laughs> they ain't got no class. Stop it. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Hushbow platform. You got me, uh, the Hushbow, uh, driving this train. What we do, we advocate advocate for social justice on behalf of Americans of African descent. Not because we don't love everybody. We it's by extension. Yeah, we're part of that community. And uh, Lord knows we need all the advocacy we can get. And uh, we we uh, we decipher things out here, too. You know, things that uh, try to make sense of things that just don't make no sense. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of junk going on right now that don't make no sense. You got Donald Trump, uh, <laughs> a heartbeat from the presidency almost. Uh that that should be enough to wake to wake a dead man up. The thought of that uh, coming to reality. Donald Trump, President Trump. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. We still got some time. Well, first of all, he got to get one candidate. Bernie Sanders uh, decided he threw out a little put a little. Uh, a monkey wrench in the whole thing that he offered to the bait Donald. He know how gullible Donald is. Oh, Donald jumped right on. I'll, I'll, I'll vote. I'll debate uh, uh, Bernie if I can get somebody to give me ten million dollars or uh, some TV channels to put up ten million dollars for this charity thing. <laughs> Donald said the same thing back here last year when he talked about he was running, he was raising money for the veterans. They came up and told some lie about he he had raised uh, uh, six million dollars for the veterans, a billion dollars of his own money. <laughs> they called him in a lie, y'all. Don't only raised no six million dollars, and he ain't put up no million dollars of his own money. Not until here last week, the press came uh, caught up with him. And said, Where's your million dollars? The veterans been looking for money. Uh, <laughs> that six million dollars since you so much you raised it. And uh, mm mm. They're having a hard time trying to get Donald to release his tax return. Somebody said he ain't worth but $150 million at best. At best. He got a lot of property. All that property got got mortgages on him, though. He's good at borrowing other people's money doing stuff. And at bankrupting stuff. It was like, she don't see how you uh, how you lose money <laughs> with a casino. How do you bankrupt a casino? <laughs> Not knowing what you're doing, you can't run no casino unless you know what you're doing. You gotta know what you're doing. You gotta know what you're doing to run a casino. Don't know he he know about as little uh, <laughs> he knows about as. <laughs> Much about running the casino they do about uh, uh, being president. 
which is absolutely nothing. So I bankrupt those uh, uh, casinos up in Atlantic City. Right in the middle of uh, uh, 20 million people live in that area. More, probably more than that. Probably closer to 30 million people live from between Atlantic City and New York. And that surrounding area, but it's just 30 million people right there in that area. And he can make uh, <laughs> he can make uh, the casinos go with that kind of <laughs> population around there. Hmm. Let you know, there's more around those casinos in there than meets the eye. Don's always talking about what a great businessman he is. Mm. Donald may may not be that great. Oh, a businessman. Well, after after uh, uh, Bernie Sanders uh, uh, offered to debate Donald, of course Donald accepted. Oh yeah, we got to somebody pull his coattail. Why in the world are you debating somebody that's losing? That's gonna lose? You gonna elevate the second place finisher up to your level? You the presumptive uh, Republican nominee? You gonna debate this up and probably lose to Bernie on the debate stage? Where's that gonna leave you? He thought better, changed his mind about three times. He sure didn't want to get his hands on that $10 million of TV. Yeah, I think he had found a couple of TV stations who come out, yeah, we'll put $10 million up and we're going to let you touch it. (laughs) We're going to keep that $10 million for a charity like you uh, suggested. We're going to let you come nowhere near it. (laughs) Donald changed his mind since he seen that he wasn't going to have access to that $10 million. Uh, the next thing you know, he don't want to be burning. So, if they have any kind of decent uh, debate on on issues, he gonna be he he's not gonna be able to stay on the stage with Hillary Clinton. Oh no, mm 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 mm. He's not gonna be able to stay on the. Uh, a stage with Hillary talking about uh, uh, issues. <clears throat> now, he can talk about an email in Benghazi. He can talk about that. No, he can't even talk about that because he's not even versed on either one of them subjects. Yeah, he don't want to debate Hillary. Mm-mm. He don't want to debate uh, Hillary. No way. Mm-mm. So, 
And Marco Rubio, he's angling uh, for uh, the vice president job now. He done called Donald Trump everything but a child of God. He should wear that he can uh, finagle his uh, uh, wimpy self into uh, the vice presidency (laughs) candidate. Hmm. That's unbelievable, y'all. Marco Rubio and the rest of the Republicans talked about Trump like (laughs) he was the worst thing uh, that, that Never came down the pipe until running for president, and they was right. <laughs> the funny thing, all of them was right, and their assessments of uh, Donald. And now all of them are talking about <coughs> they support him. Now, <laughs> this is the craziest thing I've seen, though. This is the craziest uh, thing I've ever seen in politics. And I've been following politics since 1952. <laughs> not following, you know. I, I've been, hey, well, yeah. I remember when Truman uh, was president. I remember when Eisenhower took office in 1952. So, yeah, I have been, uh, you know, aware of it. Now, I really started paying attention uh, when Kennedy, John Kennedy, uh, started running for president around 1958, I'm 14 years old, I started paying more attention to. That's when I first started to uh, become aware of of politics and the various. Had a a good uh, friend, his father. In fact, I married into his family. I'm really his cousin now. <laughs> I married his cousin, but uh, anyway, back then, my best friend's father was a, 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 an astute uh, a, a political junkie. And he was a Republican. And, and like a lot of uh, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of my family was Republicans up until I guess FDR uh, kind of got a lot of them uh, into the Democratic Party back in the, uh, the 30s, uh, back during the Depression. Uh, they stopped. But after that Civil War, you know, blacks, 90% of them was Republicans. Or thought he was voted Republican up until uh, I guess probably up until the fifties when the Dixocrats uh, here in the South decided to join uh, the Republican Party, running away from the uh, Democrats, uh, trying to run away from blacks, trying to isolate blacks again. They they up until this point done a real successful job here in the South of isolating them over there uh, in the Democratic Party. That's a crazy uh, 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 turnaround from uh, the way things used to be. <laughs> this used to be a old, uh, 100% solid Democratic, Dixocratic state. The South did. Georgia had never had a Republican governor. Uh, it was 130 years since Georgia had uh, a Republican governor prior to 2003 when Sonny Perdue uh, uh, took over as the first uh, governor, a Republican governor here in Georgia since Reconstruction. Can you imagine that? Now the whole South has got Republican governments. 
They, folks, they're trying to uh, uh, isolate uh, black folks. <laughs> and uh, Donald Trump talking about make America great again. Somebody said he meant make America white again. Now, whether that's what he meant, I don't know. But uh, it's curious that uh, he would be talking about make America great again as if uh, the country is not uh, great <laughs> Already, uh, I don't know what he's talking about. I know one thing: this president, President Barack Obama, has done a fantastic job with what he was working with when he uh, assumed that office eight years ago. He has done a fantastic job, y'all. This guy uh, should uh, gets he he earned that. Uh, Nobel Peace Prize that they gave him after a bit on the job for about three months. But yeah, he he's heard it now. Oh yeah. That that guy's one of the best presidents that I can remember. Oh yeah. He did a hell of a job. We gonna uh, you 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 gonna realize that if the dog get in there, you folks will say you folks will yarn for the day that uh Barack Obama was president. Let Donald get in there. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> let's hope that let's hope that don't happen. We don't. We don't. <laughs> I, you know, as bad as I would like to just uh, uh, prove a point. It's too, Donald would be too dangerous to, uh, you know, just to make a point. I don't want to just make a point uh, with Donald Trump. Uh, the, the the point out of difference, uh-uh, uh-uh. the guy would be too dangerous for the country. Yeah, way too dangerous. I mean, anybody with uh, uh, anybody who has charge of that uh, nuclear weapon is way too dangerous for. Uh, would be way too dangerous in my mind uh, for president. And Donald Trump would be way, way too dangerous. You got to have a level-headed person, uh, a level-headed person <laughs> uh, in charge of the nuclear weapons that this country possess, and they got enough nuclear weapons to, to destroy the whole world, probably about ten times over. They got enough nuclear. Uh, uh, Weapons in uh, the arsenal, this arsenal, this country, to destroy the entire world, probably about ten times over again. So yeah, that's the kind of power that uh, would be at that guy's disposal. Do you really want Donald, <laughs> who changes his mind and flip flops every day, uh, in charge of that? Nah, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think when people Stop for a minute and take a good uh, a good look at uh, the choices and what's at stake. But now, I mean, they, you know, we haven't had just two candidates running. Wait until the conventions are over. I think everybody's going to zoom in on those two candidates and, and you know, uh, evaluate. Uh, 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 them and uh, 
they're going to come to the realization that uh, Donald Trump is not Donald Trump is not uh, qualified to be president of this country, and it's much too dangerous to uh, uh, take a chance on Donald. It would be much too, much, much too dangerous to take a chance on. And uh, 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 <clears throat> but. With just two candidates running, anything can happen. French Open is going on, y'all. Serena Williams is playing or played today. I'm just looking at a tape of it. One of my favorite athletes, Serena. One of my favorite athletes, so she uh trying to get to the second week. She's trying to get to the second week of the French Open. You know, Clay is they say it's one of her worst surfaces, but Serena Williams can play uh can play uh uh clay uh, uh clay court tennis, you know? Oh yeah, she's a great uh, clay court tennis player. She don't want three French, but I mean that's that may be her worst surface, but She's pretty good on her worst surface. She's pretty good at it. <coughs> she, she's just a natural athlete. Uh, and she, she spent a lot of time in speaking just about fluent French. And I heard the other day uh, uh, speaking a pretty good uh, uh, amount of Italian. So she, she's quite a linguist, uh, Serena. She's got a good ear. Uh, yeah, y'all know she on this new uh, song with Beyonce. Sorry, but Beyonce is calling out. They say Jay Z, her husband, for uh, dilly dallying around. <laughs> she's about, she had enough uh, shedding tears with uh, Jay Z. She's gonna uh, call it quits or some shit. She was talking about her and uh, maybe Blue gonna live a good life, <laughs> and she's moving on. <laughs> And her and the baby's gonna live a great life. How on the hog? Well, she right about that. She ain't gotta worry about no. She gotta worry about being at the bottom of nothing. Mm-hmm. We'll see. You know how it's hard to stay married in that position anyway. You got two celebrities. They all over the place. One's in Paris uh, one night, and the other one might be in Rio. They're all over the world doing their thing. That's how to stay married, but they've been married now. I, how long? Eight or nine years? Whatever it was. They've been married pretty good while. Not, you know, I thought it had a pretty good relationship, but somehow this new record that Beyonce got, people say that uh, accuses Jay Z of. Some kind of infidelity. So I don't know.
Trying to see what's going on here. Looks like Serena's about to win this first set. She's got uh, five four. This other girl is serving to <coughs> stay in the first set. <coughs> <coughs> I'm a tennis fan, y'all. See what a Cavaliers want. Cavaliers, hey, my Facebook friend from Cleveland, of OHT. How are you? Serena, Serena, <laughs> Serena got loud, y'all. She's about to win this first set. about to win this first set, y'all. We're going to see here. We're just uh, uh, tuning into it a little bit, trying to see if she's going to win this first set. See whether she's gonna pull this thing out, y'all. Uh, Too fast. 
And uh, but on clay, he could have you know fifteen, twenty. In the case uh, today, a thirty-shot rally, thirty stroke they call it, not shots, but strokes. I think it was uh, hitting the ball back and forth there. That's a long, long time. Uh, and you win it after that. you got to be in great shape to play tennis, first of all. Especially the men. It's about going five sets. You could be out there four or five hours, you know? <laughs> you could be out there four or five hours. Uh, you're talking about you better be in shape. Now, there's a different kind of uh, a shape that's required uh, for tennis players. Mostly, you know, you got to. Your arms are gonna be strong because holding that racket up there, your arm will fall off if your arm ain't, if that arm ain't uh, ain't strong enough to uh, deal with it. But uh, yeah, I I, I enjoy uh, watching tennis. I always have. Wish I had a, a, a played the game myself when I was young because uh, I, I really enjoy uh, tennis, watching it. You know, and I believe I've been a pretty good tennis player. And I got into it at an early age. I was a pretty good athlete. I got think I could have played just about anything. But I did play football and basketball, which is, you know, a little baseball. But those were the three sports that, uh, you know, my generation dealt with. I had access to, especially if you were black, you didn't have access to golf or we did anyway, golf or, or tennis for the most part. That was a few exceptions. A lot of blacks out there on the caddy circuit and got exposed to golf that way. But uh, I was to, I do play a lot of golf now in my old age, but I wish I had got started at an early age. I would know so much more about it than I do now. Uh, I'm still learning uh, technique in golf. I've been playing for 25 years. 25 or 30 years now, but that's still that's something that you need to get into at an early age, around eight or nine, and come from there, grow up, learn it from there. And uh, like Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods got involved in golf when he was five or six years old. I remember seeing him on uh, the what's his name, uh, Mike Douglas, when he was you know five or six years old, putting the ball and stuff like that. He was good then. You could tell he was going to be a golfer. He was good then. At five or six years old, Tiger Woods was pretty good. And you knew that uh, he had the, the aptitude for that game at that early age. You knew he was going to be Earl, Earl uh, Woods got him uh, involved in golf at an early age. did a wonderful job uh, <laughs> uh, uh, exposing him to golf. did a tremendous job. And he uh, uh, went on <laughs> and should be what he is today, the most dominant uh, golfer in the, uh, during his year. Uh, worth damn near a billion dollars. So you know golf been very, very good to Mr. Tiger Woods. Yes. This is the toughest match she's had at this French Open this year. She's trying to get to the second week. There ain't going to be no cakewalk. She won that first set 6-4. That girl put up a struggle, put up a real serious fight. Of course, Serena 
she 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 when the tough gets going, she uh, right up front. You just want to slug it out with her. She can do that. Serena can do that. Carlos Juarez Navarro. She won that thing. Wow, she won that thing. This other girl, Italian. I think she she won one of those things. She beat Serena, I think. One of those grand slams. A girl from Italy. It's hard to beat Serena twice, though, especially in the slam. Cheryl Pover beat it 12 years ago at Wimbledon. She ain't beat her since. That's the longest running. <laughs> that's the longest running drought in history. Maria Sharapova, uh, she ain't beat Serena Williams in twelve years. Can you believe that? How, how could she go that long? She's supposed to be one of the top players. She ain't beat Serena Williams in twelve years out there on the court, uh, out there on that tennis circuit. That's unbelievable, y'all. She has not beat Serena Williams in twelve years. Since she was 17, she damn near 30 now. Suspended, doping. She has some kind of drugs in the system that's a bad substance this year. I don't know what it is. She came with some kind of medication. They all say that. They all say that. Come on, Sri, swing it away, girl. Slow down. Slow down. But, uh, yeah, so uh, I don't know. She suspended Maria Sharapova. She's a Russian, but she lived here in this country. Been living this since she was an eight-year-old. So she's more American than she is Russian, although she still claims Russian citizenship. And, you know, Rus- Russians, have, they, they've been doping for years. And I guess she went back to Russia and got hooked up with some of her some of the country's old habits. I think half the darn uh, track team was suspended for doping this year down in Rio. I read something about that. They, uh, ooh, come here, girl. She hit it right on the line. We uh, so yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I thought uh, Sheriff Foles was a pretty good player. She can beat everybody out there except Serena. Uh, she can beat everybody out there except Serena. Uh, she's been having some bad luck here, here lately with some of the other players. But she, for the longest, could nobody beat her but Serena. I said with all the French players, they all got this black and white zebra stuff on this year. Is that the color? 
Next week, same time, same station. June. June, uh, let's see, first, second, third, fourth, June the fourth, y'all. We'll be back. What's this? Uh, 28th and 4th. Uh, the first is Wednesday, Thursday, second, Friday, third, fourth. June the fourth, we'll be right back out here, same time, same station, 7 to 9. Every Saturday, we come to you over Blog Talk Radio, y'all. Check us out. Tell a friend about us. Y'all enjoy the rest of your uh, the rest of your uh, your Memorial Day weekend. If you pass by any veterans, thank them for their service. They'll appreciate it. Till next week, y'all. We're gonna end it right there. Ciao. Uh, y'all be safe. The Hushmo Black Bone. Advocated on your behalf by covering news and events affecting the African-American community. Check us out at the Hushmore Black Forum, www.blogtalkradio.com.